0: You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket
1: on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
0: Boom.
1: All right. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Time for the people segment here on 93.7 The Ticket. Rico even gave me permission to go three minutes past the hour so we get an extra few bonus minutes. I won't mention that we started seven minutes late on Monday. <clears throat> Although, let's be real. I typically sit down here. I do this show remotely. I sit down here usually right at noon. So it's usually uh, pressing pressing it up a little close. But that's because I'm trying to be so prepared. I do my best, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate Rico. He always does a phenomenal job. All right. Let's get to the people's segment. Let's get to the people's questions. Still time to get yours in. Call or text 402 464 a five also. Okay. GE landscapesupply.com. You can contact them there or via the phone, 402 467 1627. And always, always remember never forget all your football hopes and dreams will come true at characterchronicles.com. Check out characterchronicles.com. Let's get to the first question, Jesse. Asks, is there any chance Harburg starts and Sims plays some sort of slot or wing back to get him the ball on sweeps? There's a chance. I do think the chance is obviously much greater than it was game one because Jeff Sims was a starting quarterback. That goes without saying. I feel like there's a chance. I don't know how high it is. I don't know how high it is for a couple of reasons because I assume Harburg's going to start tonight. But as Nick and I chatted about earlier in the show. We don't know that for sure, and uh, yeah, I do know for a fact that the quarterbacks don't know until about two, three hours before the game, so they probably, well, they don't even know right now who's starting just yet, unless there was a huge discrepancy in snaps in practice this week, like there was last week when Harburg took 90% of the snaps in practice. Number two, I don't know how healthy Sims is. Matt Rule is very tight-lipped when it comes to injuries. I don't blame him. I would be the exact same way. So there's not a lot known per se about his injury and where he's at recovery and or health wise. When he got in the game two weeks ago against La Tech, he had a noticeable limp. Okay, he seemed to go the wrong way on the play and or the other 10 guys went the wrong way. One or the other, you know, they're both plausible. And he had a noticeable limp two weeks later. Ankle injuries are a funny thing. Okay, when I when I interviewed. An orthopedic surgeon a couple of weeks ago in the Carrier Chronicles. I mean, he even talked about, yeah, you could be back within 48 hours, or you could be back within six to eight weeks. It just depends. So I don't know his health. I don't know what position he's going to play exactly if he if he is healthy. Now, if he is healthy and he's not starting, then the question becomes because I have been told that he tends to get a little bit rattled in the huddle and panic a little bit. And that tends to lead to some of the mistakes that he's made. And some of the, as as good of a kid as he is, some of the boneheaded things and decisions that he's made. So the question then becomes, all right, is putting more on this kid's plate a good idea? I would just make it a very simple package. I wouldn't make it anything too complicated, you know, if you are doing that. I don't think the chances are great of it happening tonight, but I will tell you what, I would sure be excited If I saw it, because it would mean, first of all, he's healthy. Second of all, we got another dynamic weapon out there that we have the opportunity to use, okay? When you think about Xavier Betts not being on the team and you think about, I mean, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda showed some deep ball ability a year ago. Now, he didn't have to do it a lot because we had another guy out there doing a lot of deep ball catches named Trey Palmer. When you lose two of your top three running backs who are two of your top three playmakers on the team, you know, it'd be nice to somehow utilize Jeff Sims and his ability if he's healthy and if he can, if we if were able to do that. All right. So chances aren't great, but man, I'd sure be excited. Next question Hole in a boat says Sims could be DK Metcalf if he set his mind to it and make it to the lead. I completely agree. I mean, it's crazy when you think about some of the similarities in their body types. You know, and I don't want to compare Jeff Sims to Tim Tebow, but I wonder how long Tim Tebow could have played in the league had he switched positions sooner. I mean, he had some success as a quarterback in the league, beat the Steelers in a playoff game, but ultimately it didn't last incredibly long. Then he goes and tries to play baseball, doesn't do half bad there, comes back to football. Oh, now I'll play tight end. I mean, he's one of the greatest college football players of all time. Two-time national champ, Heisman Trophy winner. I, I mean, I can't blame him. Two-time Heisman Trophy finalist. One time he won it, one time he did not. Maybe three times. I don't know. I don't know Tim Tebow's story that well. But at least two times. But I can't help but wonder, you know, obviously the kid wanted to play quarterback. He had success his entire life. But Had he made that move sooner, how much longer could he play in the league? So my, my question is, you know, if Sims is not going to beat out Harburg as a starting quarterback, making a positional move not only might be better for the Huskers, okay, because Sims has a couple years here. I mean, he's he's a junior but it could potentially be better for him long-term when it comes to the league as well. So I think you make a fair point now saying he'd be DK Metcalf. I don't know. There's some similarities in their body types and their physical abilities. I can agree with that. Uh, Let's see. Longsker says, since the Husker game is tonight, good old Friday night lights. Are you watching the red river shootout and who do you want to win? Now here's a funny thing. Every year, October, Texas state fair, Dallas, It's always at noon Eastern time, Texas, Oklahoma, every year. Not a secret when this game is. I've never watched more than a quarter of Texas, Oklahoma, since I was in middle school. I always had some sort of sport going on on Saturdays when I was growing up. Okay, and then in college, we always had our own game. We were always prepping for the game, playing a game, getting ready for the game. Uh, When I was in the NFL, man, we we were always, like, traveling, I felt like. We were always on a plane or something. Like, I just – I've always wanted to watch, sit and watch a whole one of these games. It's always a ton of offense, very little defense, although this year might be a smidge different. It's always an intense rivalry. Usually has impact on the national championship scene, or at least it did in my yesteryear, my younger years. But yet I've never watched more than a quarter of one. All that to say, I do plan on watching it. I do have, let's see, one, two, three soccer games. I do have a baseball tournament, a basketball tournament, and a football game to coach tomorrow. So, other than that, my schedule is pretty clear. So, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to watch at least 16 minutes of this one. To answer your question, I want to watch it. I don't know. I, I haven't even looked at our youth sports schedule for my 84 kids for tomorrow yet. We'll see how that pans out. All right. Uh, long, uh, let's see. Longskirce says, the. oh, yeah. I didn't answer the second part of that question. Who do you want to win? Well, I want the team that's not Texas. Okay. I want, I want the team that doesn't have the horns on the side of their helmets. So, I'm going to go with OU. Just because why? They're not Texas. All right. Boomer Sooner, baby. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> yeah, I said that out loud. All right. Until next time, Oscar Nation, go big red. And always remember to throw the ball.